Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, June 22nd, 2018. And on today's report, I will be talking about the recent 568-page report by the Department of Justice Office of the Inspector General entitled A Review of Various Actions by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Department of Justice in Advance of the 2016 Election. The report basically examined whether political bias affected the FBI's decisions regarding which investigations it undertook and how it chose to conduct those investigations. The report spent its 568 pages documenting instances of political bias one after another. And then said, quote, the investigation did not find documentary or testimonial evidence that improper considerations, including political bias, directly affected the specific investigative decisions we reviewed, end quote. No political bias, in other words. It's pretty clear from the evidence presented that the investigation into Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified material was a sham or a pretend investigation, as a column in the Wall Street Journal put it, quote, the IG report is dripping with evidence of political bias. It's just that it deploys the evidence like a troop of players on the stage and then tells you that the burglary you just saw enacted might have been one of the innocent persons out for a stroll, end quote. If the stakes weren't so high, we could just laugh at all this as a comedy of errors. One of those, move along, folks, there's nothing to see here, or perhaps, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? There is, however, a lot at risk, such as the future of this republic, as well as corruption throughout the nation's top law enforcement agency and the Department of Justice. This document confirms some of our worst fears about what has been happening in the federal government over the last few years. It directly and very clearly exposes an attack on America and Americans by their own law enforcement and justice agencies. It essentially tells us that a coup was and is continuing to be attempted to thwart and subvert the decisions of the American people regarding who should govern them. People in the FBI and at the highest levels of the Obama administration apparently believed not only that they were above the law, but they would never be subject to the law or to examination or question. Why? Because there was zero chance that Donald Trump would ever be elected. They would do whatever it took to make sure that did not happen. Once Hillary Clinton was president, the corruption could continue, and they would be vindicated. The Chicago Tribune's John Cass in his column said, quote, the report crawls with bias. Deals were cut. Then Attorney General Loretta Lynch met on the tarmac with Bill Clinton. Hillary Clinton was shielded from a federal grand jury. Witnesses were allowed to sit with her during questioning. Comey had already decided to clear her before the investigation was complete, end quote. There were apparently two sides to the corruption that is still ongoing. The anti-Trump bias that was clearly evident throughout the FBI and the entire intelligence community from top to bottom was the first side. John Brennan, head of CIA, James Clapper, head of the Office of National Intelligence, and James Comey, at the FBI were at the top. It permeated on down the line. These are people charged with protecting the United States from its enemies, foreign and domestic. 
but as it turned out, they were and are the enemies we need to be protected from. The second side involved the constant cheerleading for Hillary Clinton throughout the chain of command, ending ultimately with the President of the United States, Barack Obama. That means that Mrs. Clinton cannot be prosecuted because to prosecute her would implicate President Obama and forever tarnish whatever might be left of his legacy. Mrs. Clinton used her private server to hide her dealings on behalf of the Clinton Foundation from congressional investigation while she was Secretary of State. She should have been prosecuted for that. But that would have destroyed her campaign and along with it, President Obama. Comey exonerated Clinton of her alleged Espionage Act violations and obstruction of justice accusations three months or so before the election, just in time for her triumphant win. But then along came Anthony Weiner, the FBI and the New York Police Department, were investigating him for allegedly sending pictures of his genitals to little girls. And on September 26, 2016, the New York office of the FBI took possession of his laptop and discovered it contained more than 140,000 Hillary Clinton emails. This information was immediately sent up the chain of command, but Comey and other senior FBI officials chose to sit on it for three weeks. Only when the New York police and the FBI agents threatened to expose them did he send a weak letter to Congress reporting, quote, Additional emails that appear to be relevant to the investigation were found. In quote, no Department of Justice warrant for the emails was ever issued. Comey asserted that he didn't even know that Weiner was married to Huma Abaddon, Hillary Clinton's personal assistant who traveled with her continually. The Inspector General's report didn't buy any of this and lays it all out still. The report says no political bias could be documented. Nothing to see here, folks. Just move along. President Obama claimed that he found out about the Clinton email server from the New York Times, but the IG report confirms he lied about that to Congress and to the American people. He exchanged at least 20 emails with Clinton on her private server, and according to the report, Comey, director of the FBI at that time, covered it up by referring to Obama as a, quote, senior government official, end quote. It can't happen here, can it, folks? This looks like some kind of third-world banana republic dictator in a funny suit, but nevertheless, here it is. I'll try to give some explanation for all this by talking about another recent report that I believe to be relevant. This report is called, quote, Psychopathy by State. In quote, it was done by Ryan Murphy. Mr. Murphy surveyed samples from the lower 48 states and Washington, D.C. to find the most personality traits corresponding to psychopathy. The personality traits are, quote, low neuroticism, high extraversion, low agreeableness, and low conscientiousness. The dictionary tells us that traits associated with the term psychopath are persistent antisocial behavior, impaired or low empathy, and impaired remorse, disinhibited egotistical traits. Mr. Murphy found that Washington, D.C. has a level of these traits far higher than any other state. Surprise! More psychopaths live in D.C. than any other place in the country. 
and apparently a lot of them are buried in the woodwork of government, moving down slightly. The three highest psycho states below D.C. are Connecticut, California, and New Jersey. Again, nothing surprising about that. The three states at the bottom, meaning the least number of psychos, were West Virginia, Vermont, and Tennessee. I'm very grateful to live in a low density, low for psychos, that is, state like Tennessee. Why D.C., though? Why so many in D.C.? Psychos are drawn to power like flies to manure. Power corrupts both the mind and the morals, and these people are drawn to it as if by magnets. People who are already corrupt seek out power for the exercise of their corruption, Mr. Murphy states that the presence of so many psychopaths in D.C. is consistent with the premise that psychopaths are likely to be effective in the political sphere, so power corrupts. That leaves government with an abundance of corrupt psychopaths. The corrupting influence is seductive. It pulls one deeper and deeper into its web until one, especially psychos, feels so powerful that the law is not for them. It doesn't apply to them. It's for little people like us, for all those Trump voters. Not everyone exposed to power is corrupted by it, but those predisposed to corruption flock to it. The all-out full-court press to make government as big and powerful as possible plays right into the hands of the psychopathic, power-mad people who run government and its bureaucracies. Most people who do not fit into that category can understand that more centralization of power is not desirable. How can we live without the Federal Reserve, the FDA, the USDA, the SEC, and the FBI? Can we feel secure without them? How will we know what to do, what to eat, what's safe, what's not safe? I think we've been, we could make it just fine. And as a matter of fact, would be better for us to eradicate most, if not all, of those alphabet agencies. Now back to the Inspector General's report as we come to a conclusion. Remember that it was the Washington Post and its reporters, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, who brought down Richard Nixon. Their whole list of charges against Nixon seems rather quaint now in light of what our psychopaths have done. But anyway, it doesn't matter today. Why not? Well, because... According to the IG report, FBI agents often receive free gifts from reporters, which appear to be bribes for information. That's right, folks. These self-righteous reporters pay law enforcement officers investigating the most sensitive cases in the country for information about those cases. I can't recall any more evil, terrifying people than those in this story. The really scary thing is that they are not actors. They're real men and women. Robert Mueller the man investigating the Trump-Russia fantasy cooked up by the real criminals. Reminds me of that villain assassin of the movie Three Days of the Condor. How will the people of this country ever retrieve their nation from these people and the sycophant media that enables them? That question is yet to be answered. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.